Welcome to the Holistic Beauty Podcast. We are going to chat all things holistic and integrative beauty and skin health. We are licensed naturopathic doctors practicing in sunny California, and we are changing how skincare is looked at. We want you to understand that skin health is a manifestation of balance from within. And each week, we are bringing you tidbits to complete your skincare routine from the inside out and the outside in. So let's get into it. So just as a reminder, the information in this podcast is not medical advice and is only meant for educational purposes. None of the information is meant to treat, cure, prevent, or diagnose any conditions or disease that you may have. So please speak to your doctor or licensed healthcare provider before starting anything new. Hey guys, welcome back to the Holistic Beauty Podcast. This week we'll be talking all about adult acne. You guys have been wanting us to talk about this and this is my jam and Dr. Merola's jam, so it's our jams. And actually last week we spoke all about lasers, LED and IPL and what it's used for. So if you want to learn more about that, check it out. But going to this week's episode... Like what I said, we're going to be talking about adult acne. And then in regards to adult acne, we're also going to talk about why does it happen? As naturopathic doctors, we always want to find out why does something happen? Because it helps us understand how to best treat the underlying causes of somebody's acne. And that's really important for adult acne. And then in regards to acne, we're also going to spit out some statistics. You know, it's always fun to just like spit out some stats. And then after that, we're going to be talking about like naturopathic stuff. And that's the reason why you really listen to us, right? So we're going to be talking about diet, lifestyle, and skincare. And actually, in another episode, we're going to be talking about supplements where I'm just letting you know straight up. So that's going to be a two-parter from what it sounds like. So diving into adult acne, Dr. Marola, have you had acne before? I have. Really? Your yes. skin's amazing. Right now, it's amazing. I feel like I got it under control. How did like, you control it? My diet. My lifestyle, I cut out a lot of sugar from my diet and cutting out alcohol. I wasn't really a big drinker to begin with, but I feel so good without drinking alcohol. Like occasionally, you know, I'd go out, but Mm -hmm. now I just like go get a mocktail or- You're not a party girl. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I really am not. I'm like pretty boring. (laughs) You're not boring. You're freaking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But what about you? I had pretty severe acne when I was a teenager and I actually had to be an Accutane. And I took it. Did yeah. I know that? I don't know if I ever told you that. I have secrets. And then uh, my acne was pretty much controlled. And then I went to college. It was pretty much controlled. And then I went to medical school. And it was like pretty, it came back. It popped up. And mm-hmm. that's adult acne. You know, I was in my mm-hmm. 20s. had adult acne. I was like, what the heck is going on? And I was just like really using Band-Aid treatments, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to start getting to the root cause. Because, you know, I was in naturopathic medical school. Mm-hmm. What is the root cause? And how do I treat my unique root cause, you know, for clear and healthier skin? And actually, we're going to be talking all about all of these underlying causes, right? But before we do, my friend, what's adult acne? Like, what does it happen? How does it happen? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Acne is a chronic inflammatory skin condition. And there's different types of acne, but what we're really referring to in this episode is acne vulgaris. So we know that acne affects up to 85% of teenagers, but when it comes to adults, it can also affect them too. In their 20s, 30s, and even beyond. But current research shows that the prevalence of adult acne is actually increasing, which is pretty interesting. Interesting. Adult acne has its own medical term, by the way. It's pretty interesting too. Acne tarda. Do you know what tarda means in Latin? Late? Yes. Hey. We know Latin here on this channel. (laughs) Adult acne has two subtypes, really. There's persistent adult acne and late onset adult acne. So persistent acne 
is actually more common than late onset. It's pretty much the continuation or relapse of acne from adolescence into adulthood and middle age. Late onset, on the other hand, is the development of acne at age 25 years and older with no prior history of acne. And there's possibly a third subtype, actually. It's when you experience acne as an adolescence, it goes away, so you have this interval without acne, and then it returns in adult life. So... Adult acne is actually more common in women than men, and it's associated with inflammation, changes in pigmentation, and scarring. What's pretty interesting is that there was a study published in North America in particular looking at women who suffer from acne, and they found that 12 to 22% of women suffer from acne in their adult life. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's like one to two out of 10 people, one to two out of 10 females experience adult acne. And then there was another study performed by French researchers that concluded how acne is persistent in 41% of adult women. That is interesting. <laughs> I love these stats. Mm -hmm. And obviously we know that if you are someone who's experienced adult female acne, your lesions might get worse or you might get a flare up of your acne around your period. So there's premenstrual acne and there was also... There's a lot of studies, but in that same study performed by the French, 78% of the participants in this study described, again, that worsening of acne around their period. That's a lot. And then there are some common affected areas as well from what I saw in your research, my friend. So what I see is that some common affected areas that people experience acne at is going to be the mandibular region, which is like the jawline. Adult you know? acne. Sorry, adult acne. Yeah. It's going to be the mandibular region. So it's like the jawline. Um, also like the cervical region, which is like the neck, you know? And then also sometimes on the chest. And interesting that you also have quality of life on here because you speak about that on in your course, actually, I do. Right? I touch upon quality of life and mental health and how acne affects that. It's pretty interesting because it's something I never really dived into in the yeah. past. Yeah. So actually a lot of my patients speak about this and their experience with acne and how it does affect their quality of life and mental health and how they just interact with people, you know, for some of my patients with like pretty debilitating, I would say acne, they would, they don't want to go out, you know, they don't want to like hang out with people. They just want to like be inside, you know, yeah. and it's really important to also consider that because health is more than just like biological health, right? It's mm -hmm. like sociological health and psychological health. And when I say sociological health, it's the people we hang out with because that's also enriching and like gives us joy, right? So yeah. it's also really important to look at. Now, in regards to acne, why or how does it happen? I guess it's like two pronged that you can really think about it, right? Like on the skin level, but mm -hmm. then like what's going on from within? Exactly. So we know like classic acne development, there is an issue with cell proliferation and overproduction of sebum, bacterial overgrowth and inflammation. And now like the like more current research is showing that inflammation isn't necessarily like at the later stages of acne formation. It might even be going on even in the earlier stages of acne formation. Yeah, it is really interesting. And we know that acne is a multifactorial disease, meaning that there's more than one cause to acne. So it could be due to genetics. We know that there's the involvement of those male sex hormones called androgens, which stimulate that overproduction of sebum. And then there's also changes to the follicles, overgrowth of that bacteria, again, cutibacterium acnes, which here's something interesting. Also, more current research is showing there are subtypes of cutibacterium acnes. Yes. So some of the subtypes are actually beneficial 
and some are actually acne producing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was also looking into that science as well. And it seems like, because I was looking into the effects of like anti topical antibiotics on the skin microbiome in mm -hmm. regards to acne. And, it's, and what they were seeing is that certain antibiotics were targeting mm -hmm. specific types of Cutibacterium acne is that plays a role in acne, which is good, but doesn't seem to affect the other kinds, which is interesting. And then we have that immune response and the inflammatory reaction because of the bacteria. Yeah. So factors that can cause flare-ups or worsening of acne include, again, changes to hormones. So this can be, you know, around our period when we have those premenstrual flares or polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. We know that there's a lot of studies showing that connection between PCOS and acne. Yeah, and we actually interviewed Dr. Fiona McCulloch yes. earlier this year. And make sure to check out that episode. She spoke all about PCOS. It was an amazing episode. Anyway, back to factors. Yeah, emotional stress is a big one that can contribute to the development of acne or the worsening of acne. Using greasy products that occlude the skin and clog your pores, sweating and pregnancy. Yeah, so basically acne, like what you said, is multifactorial. Your skin is a reflection of inner health and wellness, right? So like what is like causing this like imbalance that's manifesting of skin issues, but it's also like considering what you're also putting on your skin, like these greasy products too, right? Like, yeah. so like, how do you navigate all of this? It is so freaking confusing, but there are some foundations that it, you, that I like to rely on, but I'm sure you rely on as well, Dr. Marola, with your patients, like diet and lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. now moving on to diet, there's some interesting science about diet and acne. So looking into the literature, we do know that high intake of simple carbohydrates basically can play a role in acne. And why it does that is because there's this middleman hormone called insulin. And insulin will increase when somebody has high intake of simple carbohydrates like sweets, you know, or like certain types of like breads, like sweet breads. And like, what else is a simple carbohydrate? White rice and, and white potatoes. So basically excess consumption of these increases insulin. And an increase in insulin tells your body to make more androgen hormones. And those androgen hormones, therefore, travel to the skin cause increased oil production, mm -hmm. also increased cellular proliferation and cause a plugged pore or pore clogging. That's what yeah. you would say it. And then when that happens, more and more oil builds up. And if there's bacteria in there, girl, you got acne, right? Yeah. And then there's also dairy. So according to literature, dairy can play a role in acne and does so because of a protein found in dairy called whey protein. Now, this is really interesting as well. So what science shows is that whey protein increases androgen hormones to cause the cascade of acne, but how, right? So what literature shows is that dairy actually increases your own body's production of insulin-like growth factor one or IGF-1. And like what the name says, it's like insulin. So this insulin like growth factor one tells your body to make more of these acne causing hormones and therefore playing a role in acne. And then there's also other, so since we're speaking about like food intolerances, we do know that like certain foods can actually affect the gut microbiome and gut microbiome changes have also been linked to acne, which is so interesting. So like the foods we eat, can affect hormones, but the foods we regularly eat can also affect our gut health. And gut health has also been linked to acne, like what I said. So what studies show is that when people have a high fat, low fiber diet, they have an increased risk for experiencing gut microbiome changes or gut microbiome imbalance. And then there's also some really cool science saying that when somebody eats 30 different plants a week, it supports healthy and diverse gut bacteria populations. Yes. Yeah. And then in addition to that, there's some really cool science saying that dietary antioxidants 
antioxidants supports a certain type of bacteria that basically helps out with gut microbiome balance as well. And when I have recommended certain di- some of these like dietary options to my patients, they start to see not only profound changes to their gut health, but their skin health. Again, showing how like acne is more than just this skin deep. It's something going on from within. And then in regards to diet, there's also like fermented foods. Do you like fermented foods, Dr. Marola? I do. Kimchi is one of my favorites. Do you make your own kimchi? No, (laughs) I'm not on that level. (laughs) But yeah, fermented foods could potentially support gut bacteria balance as well. But just be careful with that. Just in case, if you do have SIBO, talk to your doctor if you're concerned about SIBO, which could basically cause like gas and blow in some individuals. When somebody has fermented foods, not like if they have SIBO, it could worsen their symptoms. If they don't have SIBO, it can help out with gut health in general. But that's just diet, my friend. Do you feel like I covered everything with diet? I think that's pretty much it. I agree. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. It's a common approach with my patients too when I was taking working with them one-on-one and what I talk about in the course. Yeah, you speak a lot about like low glycemic foods, right? Which is looking at blood sugar. We spoke about the elimination diet. You speak about that in your uh, course or no? I, I do. I touch upon it briefly. So there's also a thing that I commonly do with my patients. It's an elimination diet. But honestly, like there's no science behind it which is interesting. Like I have seen that for some of my patients, they experience acne from certain food intolerances. And I was trying to like look into the research in regards to food intolerances and acne. And there's like really like little to no research in regards to it. However, from what I've seen is that when patients take out certain food intolerances, their skin health gets better. Is that something that you've seen as well with your patients, Dr. Mm -hmm. Marola? Yep. It's interesting. Like Maybe there's just like no funding with for it right now, but in the future, hopefully there's funding. But it's really interesting how like there are some food intolerances that could trigger people's acne process. But I was actually like looking into blood sugar and inflammation in the gut. So in regards to certain types of foods, it could actually change the gut microbiome. We spoke about this earlier. And some of these um, bacteria imbalances basically cause uh, overproduction of a postbiotic called branched-chain amino acids. Now, in regards to branched-chain amino acids, what studies show is that it causes small-scale inflammation in in the gut, and that could therefore play a role in downstream blood sugar issues, which is so interesting to me. And we do know that blood sugar issues are linked to acne. But like, you know, Hopefully more science comes out, but from what we've seen, me and Dr. Marola have seen is that food intolerances play a role in acne. It's just like identifying what that food intolerance is, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, that was a lot of diet, a lot of diet, but like foundational health is more than just diet. Yeah. It's also lifestyle, right? We spoke about some of these like underlying things that can trigger acne, these like inner imbalances that could trigger acne. We spoke about hormones, we spoke about gut health, and we spoke about that in regards to diet, but like lifestyle can also affect gut health and hormones and also stress response, which can affect hormones as well. Now, in regards to stress, your body distinguish between like different types of stress, right? It's just like if there's a physical stressor or an emotional stressor, it is just straight up stress. Mm-hmm. So I was actually looking into the science in regards to stress and acne. And we do know that the body produces several hormones when it's under a state of stress. So it sends out a hormone called CRH, corticotropin releasing hormone. It also sends out androgen hormones like DHEA. Now, in regards to stress and corticotropin releasing hormone, it can actually make your skin oilier. 
and therefore play a role in acne. And then DHEA is a mild androgen that could also play a role in acne by like triggering that acne cascade that we spoke about earlier. However, there are some really interesting studies that speak about lifestyle and DHEA and stress reduction. So I was looking into PCOS because we do know that individuals with PCOS experience acne because of high androgens. Again, we spoke about that with Dr. Fiona McCulloch in an earlier episode. But there was a study that showed that when people did yoga for a specific amount of time, it helped drive down their DHEA which was really cool. And then after they completed their trial and they stopped doing yoga, they still saw positive benefits of DHEA afterwards, which was really cool to me. And then there's also exercise. Exercise is just like really important for overall health and wellness, you know? But in regards to exercise and lifestyle, I always tell people to like immediately wash their body afterwards, you know, just to prevent occlusion. Yeah. I mean, recently a lot of my patients have been like forgetting to like, they're just like, why do I have body acne? And why is it around my like bra line or like where like, what are those called? Leggings, like where it's like tight mm-hmm. around the hips. They're like, why do I have acne there? And I'm just like, so when you work out, do you like go to like the grocery store afterwards or do you like immediately wash your body? And they're like, oh, I do errands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why. So yeah. let's try to like switch up your schedule, see if that's even like a possible thing you can do. And if it is something you can do to switch up your schedule, let's see how your acne helps out on your body in regards to that. Yeah. Another reason why, like, you don't, when you think of acne, you don't necessarily think of like exercise and the benefits of that. But like you said, there are so many benefits to exercise. But when I look at it and how it could possibly help with improving acne, we know that exercise can increase the production of butyrate. So it goes back to that gut skin connection. So it's increasing the production of butyrate and other short chain fatty acids, which are really beneficial for our gut health. I think you also told me that yeah. regular exercise can support gut bacteria balance or yeah. gut bacteria health too. Mm-hmm. We which, talked about this in another episode. Yeah, which is like really cool, you know? So exercise has so many positive benefits, but make sure you just like shower afterwards, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then there's also sleep that we have to consider. Oh, uh, yes. Sleep. So sleep is so important. So what I always tell my patients is that sleep is directly tied to stress response and adrenal health, you know? So if somebody is not waking up refreshed, not waking up energized after they sleep, you're going to feel tired, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're feeling tired, you're pushing your body to do what you have to do throughout the day, you know? And that could be a physical stressor to the body. So sleep support is so important. Make sure, making sure you have restful sleep and that you wake up refreshed is going to be really, really important and such a foundational aspect to look at. Now, when somebody has issues with sleep, it's really asking why. Why are you having issues with sleep? Is it also like, are you having difficulty falling asleep? Are you having difficulty staying asleep? Mm -hmm. And when you speak to a naturopathic doctor about all of these things, they can really understand like, oh, hey, like this is what's happening. This is why that's happening. And we could address that naturopathically, which is so cool. And most recently, since it was the holidays, a lot of my patients have been um, having issues with sleep, specifically that they've been having difficulty falling asleep. And I always ask them like, what's changed? And they're like, it's the holidays. I've been going to a lot of holiday parties. And I'm like, yeah, I feel you. And we speak about like what they eat at these holiday parties and how late they eat. And those are really important things to consider as well. Like if you are eating late, you're basically going to increase your blood sugar, you know, and that's going to make you stay up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also like, what are you like? Are you consuming more sugary foods at this part at these parties? Like these can also affect your sleep onset as well. Right. So those are some conversations I do end up having with my patients. And I feel like because I'm like going through like segue in my head right now about exercise now. So going back to exercise, make sure you're not exercising too late. 
Because when you exercise too late, it can prevent you from falling asleep. I can't even tell you how many people I see in the gym. Like I'll peek outside my balcony because it overlooks the gym. And there's so many people working out. It's like 10, 10 p.m. or At something. At 10 p.m.? I'm like, what are, you, what are y'all doing? Are they night shift workers? time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in regards to that, like if you are working out too late, it might affect sleep quality. So you might have difficulty falling asleep or even staying asleep. Now, those are just like, you know, physical stressors. And there's also emotional stress to consider in regards to sleep. Mm-hmm. So emotional stress can definitely play a role. From what I see in my practice, like when people have high levels of stress, they tend to wake up in the middle of the night. Is that something you see as well with your patients? Mm -hmm. And what I've experienced myself. Oh yeah, same, same here too. But in regards to that, it's like, how do we support um, healthy adrenal response throughout the day so that towards the end of the night or towards the end of the day, you're not like so stressed out, right? Um, There are a lot of things we can do as naturopathic doctors to support that. But I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next episode. And then, so we spoke about diet. We spoke about lifestyle factors, like with stress, sleep, exercise, and so much more. And then there's skincare. Skincare for sure. So in regards to skincare, there's like cleansers to like really focus on. There's also like actives to consider. And in regards to skincare, what I always tell my patients with cleansers is to make sure you have your cleanser on for at least 60 seconds, you know, to really adequately cleanse the skin, especially if you like put on makeup, mm-hmm. especially if you reapply and Hint, you should be reapplying your sunscreen. Like you really want to get that off your skin. If you're not getting it off your skin, it can be like, it could basically build up, make you look greasy and just like clude your pores and therefore play a role in acne. So what I tell my patients is making sure that you have like your cleanser on for at least 60 seconds. If it's a medicated cleanser, having it on for longer than 60 seconds would be more effective. And then in regards to actives, niacinamide. Niacinamide's great. We love niacinamide. So what studies show is that niacinamide helps balance oil production. There's also vitamin A or like topical Mm -hmm. vitamin A and retinoids. And you actually use different types of retinoids that you've spoken about multiple times, Dr. Marola. You like a phytoretinol, which is a bacuchiol and sea samphire, Mm -hmm. right? And then you also use, what other retinols do you use? Do you also use? Right now I'm using one from Marie Veronique. This is like, it has phytoretinols mixed in with it. Oh, interesting. And I don't know what type of retinol it is. I'm looking it up right now. You know what kind of retinoid I use, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, still, you're still using that? Actually, I I stopped. And the reason why I stopped is because I ran out. <laughs> so guys, the retinoid I use is tretinoin. I've been using 0.1% tretinoin. And that's actually a common prescription for acne that a doctor prescribe for acne, but I've been using it for um, photo aging specifically. <laughs> so what I've seen is that's been really helpful for my like dark spots and also fine lines and wrinkles. But you know, that's another episode that we could dive into, or we could speak about that in another episode. But in regards to skincare, there's so many actives. Um, so salicylic sp- acid. Yes, I was about to dive that into that. That one's actually growing on me. Salicylic acid is really great. Colloidal so, silver. Yes, you actually just got a colloidal silver spray. Yeah. But there's actually one product that I really love that has salicylic acid and colloidal silver in it. What is it's it? It's a cleanser. It's from Naturopathica. What is it? It's literally just like their salicylic acid cleaner. That is so cool. So for those of you guys who don't know what salicylic acid does, it's a beta hydroxy 
I think it's a beta hydroxy acid. Dr. Morella says derivative that, of benzoic acid. There you go. And what it does is that it goes into the pore. And when it goes into the pore, it acts as an exfoliant to really clear out the pore, but it also like cleanses out oil in the pore, which is really cool. Um, and we do know that all of those can contribute to acne. But like what I said earlier, you want to make sure that you do have these like actives on your skin, especially if it's a cleanser for more than like for like more than 60 seconds or up to 60 seconds. But you're speaking about that cleanser, Dr. Morello. You're looking at it right now online? Mm -hmm. It's literally just called colloidal silver and salicylic acid acne clearing cleanser from cool. Naturopathica. So cool. $38. I'm trying to think of like some cleansers on the top of my head, what I like, and you're probably not going to like them. <laughs> hey, I mean, are you thinking of some from like Naturium? Well, I'm just thinking about like topical benzyl peroxide cleansers. Oh, okay. Actually, there's one I like. What? Dr. Zenovia. <laughs> you like topical benzyl peroxide? There's only one I like. Okay, I'll show you. <laughs> so topical benzyl peroxide is actually one of these actives that can be used for breakouts um, because it basically like reduces inflammation, has to potentially reduce inflammation. It can potentially kill any bacteria or microbes that could contribute to acne and so much more. But you're, are you looking at the Dr. Zenovia? Dr. Zenovia product? Skincare. Yeah, I'm looking at this and... Why do you like it? Wait, I don't know if I like it anymore because I think it contains fragrance. Uh, but I'm trying to see it right now. So guys, up. the reason why I personally don't like fragrance is because I've seen that it irritates my skin. So I try to get unfragranced as possible. But you know, some people enjoy fragrances. And if you don't experience like irritation from it, then go for it. Kudos to you, you know? Well, I also don't like it because it's an endocrine disrupting hormone or I mean chemical. What does that mean? It means it interferes with your natural hormones. Exactly. <laughs> For people who didn't know, you know. And that's, especially if you're a woman, like we put on so many skincare products or topical products, beauty products, personal care products on our body. They say it's like, what, 126 products, like, what was it, that's a the day stat? Or, or something crazy or That's a lot of products. 126 ingredients a day. That and, you put on the skin. And then nine to 12 products or something like that. Wow a day. That's a lot of chemicals and ingredients. And just like, I'm not saying chemicals in a bad way, but it's just a lot of things you're putting on your skin and exposing yourself to. And so there's fragrance is like one of the things like I tell all my patients, I'm like, avoid fragrance in your products. I and you. there is like this hypothesis talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals, environmental toxins and acne development. Interesting. A pretty interesting conversation. We can have, we should speak about that in another episode. I feel like that's like a meaty episode, you know? <laughs> so we uh, talked about our favorite actives, but like, do we want to talk about like, what's a general good skincare routine for acne? Duh, we should. So in regards to a general skincare routine, I already spoke about cleansers and what I usually tell my patients. So what I tell my patients is if you have a non-medicated cleanser, keep it on your skin, like keep on like rubbing on your skin for at least 60 seconds. If it is a medicated cleanser, then you want it on your skin for at least three to five minutes to get the most benefits from it. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, you can, depending upon if you have a Medicaid cleanser or not, you could go into an active. So actives that I would personally reach out for is going to be salicylic acid and also niacinamide. How about you? I agree, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then in regards to moisturizers, I'm all about supporting the skin barrier, you know? So depending upon the season, you might want a lighter moisturizer with mainly like humectants, like um, hyaluronic acid or like glycerin or so much more. Or if it's like in colder months, you want something that's a little bit more thicker, 
is that even a word more thicker? That's bad English. Uh, that's a little bit thicker. So with like some like healthy fats, some like ceramides, cholesterols, free fatty acids, and also having humectants with that. What are your thoughts like in, in regards to moisturizers and acne? Oh, moisturizers and acne. Well, I'm a. I really like face oils. I don't think you should be scared of them if you have acne. But That's actually a really big myth. You have to be careful of the type of oil you're using, though. You don't want something with coconut oil in it because that's comedogenic, meaning that it's it has a higher likelihood of clogging your pores. So you want something that is more rich in linoleic acid, for instance, because we do know that people with acne have lower levels of linoleic acid in their skin and higher levels of oleic acid, which is what we don't want because that's what contributes to clogged pores because oleic acid's thicker than linoleic acid. So pumpkin seed oil, sunflower seed oil, okay to apply topically on the skin. It can actually be helpful. Internally though, it's a whole different story and we can touch upon that another time. I love it. You're really just like biohacking your skin. Yeah. Which is so, with science, you know, it's so, so cool. Oh, and what about, what, I was thinking about this. I forgot about this when we were talking about actives. Azelaic acid for acne. Oh, duh. Yeah. So azelaic acid is so gentle, you know? So azelaic acid, I love, honestly. So I like that for acne, just regular acne and also fungal acne too. Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. So azelaic acid can basically just like kill a lot of microbes on the skin. So acne causing uh, microbes, but also fungal acne causing microbes also known as fungus. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love azelaic acid a lot. How about you? I like it too. It's growing on me. I'm actually trying some out right now too. Not consistent with it because I have my other favorites. Yeah. So it's really hard for me. But it, azelaic acid can also help brighten the skin too, right? So it could be helpful for like, um, yes. like the spots. I forgot about that. From it's acne. Like, it's like it's all coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, azelaic acid is pregnancy safe. Oh, right? yes. We talked about so that in the past good episode. another option to look into. Obviously, mm -hmm. talk to your dermatologist and OBGYN to make sure it's safe for you, just in general with any actives that you're incorporating. But that's another great option. Yeah. All right, my friends. I feel like that's like a good skincare routine. We can, There's like so many options, but the backbone is just like making sure you have a good cleanser. You're mm -hmm. using it appropriately. Making sure you have these actives and being like really intentional about the actives that you're using. You know, there are so many different types out there. The ones that me and Dr. Marola would personally reach out for is going to be salicylic acid, niacinamide, azelaic acid that we spoke about. Yeah. And then in regards to moisturizers, if you have oily skin, don't be afraid of oils. Mm -hmm. Dr. Marola just spit out some science in regards to like linoleic acid, how it's really supportive for skin health, especially if somebody's experiencing breakouts, you know, and then something that I would personally reach out for is going to be ceramides, cholesterols, and also free fatty acids found in moisturizers. Yes. I actually just want to, for like facial oils for yeah. acne prone mm -hmm. skin, I want to highlight two companies. I'm not affiliated with them, but I think it's a good starting point for people who are acne prone and they want to try facial oils, but they don't know where to go. So the first one is Wabi Sabi Botanicals. Obviously, you've been listening for a while. You know, I really love this company, but the founder used to struggle with cystic acne herself. And so her line was created to help other women who are struggling with this menstrual acne and cystic acne, which is pretty cool. And then the other company is called The Other Skincare. I've never heard of them. The Other Skincare, is that what you said? The Other Skincare. These are also formulated to address acne which is pretty neat. And so one of their products, it's a really nice oil. It's called Plant Voodoo. It's a clarifying concentrate for blemish prone skin. I've tried it. It's really nice. So that was our episode, guys. It was a lot. So in this episode, we basically revisited a topic you guys loved in the past and also wanted us to talk about again. 
It was about acne, but specifically adult acne, also known as acne tarda. So in this episode, we spoke about what adult acne is, why it happens, and some of these, like, what's happening on the skin, but also these underlying issues affecting skin health from within. And then in regards to adult acne, we also spit out some statistics. And also after that, we spoke about diet and how certain types of dietary, how would you say it? So like how we regularly eat can affect our skin health positively and negatively when looking at acne. We also talked about lifestyle. In regards to lifestyle, we spoke about things that could positively or negatively affect skin health, especially if somebody has acne. And after we dove into that, we talked about skincare and some of the stuff we loved. We talked about a baseline or a backbone for like a skincare routine. We talked about cleansers and how to best use a cleanser. We talked about some actives to potentially look out for and speak to your doctor about, you know? And we also spoke about some moisturizers. And for people with oily skin, Dr. Marola said, don't, actually I said this, but she said this, I'm just assuming. If you have oily skin, don't be afraid if you have oily skin. Don't if you have oily skin, don't be afraid about using oils. I cannot talk. And that is gonna be basically our episode for today. Next week, we're actually gonna do a second part to this. Um, so we're gonna be talking about supplements and acne. And this is gonna be really, really fun. And a lot of you guys have been asking about this. And we're finally gonna do it. We're gonna be talking about different supplements for acne. So make sure to subscribe, okay? If you're not ready, subscribe because you're not gonna wanna miss out on that episode. Now, if you do want to see us in office, our websites are in the podcast description below. My whole entire jam is adult acne, but also eczema. Dr. Marola specifically treats acne, skin health, so many things, and also aesthetics. She does, she does, what do you do? She does filler. She does um, Zealman. She does so many cool things. In addition to that, she also has an acne course. Like if you are unable to see us in office, you got to do this acne course. Yeah, I think you should do it. I think you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because Dr. Marola actually let me look at her acne course and I was like, oh my God, this is like so freaking cool. People, more people need to do this. And it's going to be in the podcast description below. That's yeah. how people could sign up. And you actually told me people only have a year to do it, right? Yeah, it's a year. But if you stick to the recommendations, you can see results within the first three months. Like it's evidence-based. It's clinically proven. Like We love those. We love it. Yeah. And honestly, from what I see with my patients, with some of the things that she has recommended, those are things I have recommended to my patients as well. Yeah. yeah and I do end up seeing clearance in a specific amount of time, which we'll speak about in next week's episode. But yeah, this was our episode. Make sure to connect with us. Our social media links are down below, but we hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure again to subscribe and also share this with your friends and family who experience adult acne. But we're out of here, guys. See ya. See you next week.